Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Town, or at least those of you that are still awake. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols on the line once again for Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Dave, one hour, six minute rain delay, three hours, 26 minutes of baseball, 27 runs, 29 hits, two errors thrown in there. So, uh, just a ridiculous night of baseball in the Coors Field in Colorado. The Nationals come out on top 15 to 12 in the end. As I described it on Twitter, it's like watching someone else's kids play Little League Baseball, a game that just wouldn't end tonight in Colorado. The big story of the night, however, which we'll start with, Trey Turner hits for the third cycle in Nationals history, 2005 through present, as we always have to note. Singles the first time up, doubles in his second trip up, homers in the sixth, a two-run blast all the way the other way, and then hits a base-clearing triple to complete the cycle. Just an absolutely ridiculous night for Trey Turner out there in Colorado. Drove in seven runs total. Uh, outdoing Murphy on a big night, three for five, five RBIs for Murphy, but Trey Turner, the story of the night, just a huge game from Trey Turner in a ridiculous ballpark out there in Coors Field. Yeah, you keep saying baseball game, but uh, that should be an air quote. This is a, a base, baseball-related product here. It's not quite baseball. Um, you know, Not to take anything away from Trey Turner's accomplishments because – uh, you know, just hitting for a cycle is just is one of the rarest things in baseball. So uh, it's one of those oddity things. It's not really a a, a, a skill thing so much as a, as a luck thing. But um, but still, um, you know, if you're going to pick a ballpark that, that a guy's going to hit a triple or hit a cycle in, I think Coors Field is probably at the top of the list. But again, congrats to him. Big night, seven RBIs, um, and they, then the Nats needed just about every single one of them tonight. It's just uh, following along on Twitter as it's going along, and people are complaining about the fact that the relievers can't seem to get out. And as we've discussed briefly before the show, there there has to be a point at the end of the game when you're watching this where you say, okay, maybe it's not the pitchers. It's just the park and the way it plays and the way the Rockies are stacked, the Nationals are stacked. It's just made for a game like this with these two teams, both of whom can hit the heck out of the ball and did tonight, as we mentioned, seven twenty nine runs total, 29 hits. Joe Ross gave up seven hits, five earned runs, and four and two-thirds innings. Any uh, Romero ends up getting the win, comes on after him. Coda Glover gives up two hits, two runs. Joe Blanton continues to struggle with 10.13 ERA so far, four hits, four runs for him. Matt Albers somehow joins Romero and coming out unscathed. Sean Kelly gives up a home run late in the game that made it a three-run game miraculously, even though the Nationals scored 15 runs. Uh, I, I just you don't want to. Nobody wants to sign with the Rockies. I'm sure none of these pitchers want to pitch in this park because there's just nothing good going on for pitchers in this park. No, that's that's the, the bottom line here, and we've talked about it every time the Nationals have played in Coors Field for the last four or five years or however long you know, we, we've done this show, uh, the ballpark's an abomination. It's a mile above sea level, so the ball travels further. And it doesn't break as much, so the pitchers uh, you know, aren't as effective with their breaking stuff. Um, outfielders have to play deeper because the ball travels further, which makes it easier to hit doubles and triples. Uh, it makes it easier to hit singles because balls fall in front of them. So it, it really is just absolutely ridiculous to play Major League Baseball uh, that high above sea level. Um, in, 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 in dry air, and it just it, it's it, it's ridiculous. And and for people to get 
Hey, look, you know, freak out when the bullpen gives up runs in New York or Philly or Miami or Los <laughs> Angeles or Chicago. But, um, you know, but seriously, it, 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 this is just – it's the course field effect. I mean, you know, the Nats scored 15 runs, so – you know, it's not all. You know, it's not the Nets aren't earning them offensively, and and, and the Rockies are aren't. Um, the Rockies can hit. I mean, they've got you know one through seven in their lineup are all going to hit twenty home runs this year. Um, and, and you know, you could take five or six of them, and they would still do that at sea level as well. I don't know that uh, Gerardo Parra would would hit twenty at sea level, but I think the rest of them would. So. You know, you know, freak out about the bullpen all you want, but this wasn't a game to freak out about the bullpen. The ball was was a, this was a launching pad tonight. Um, you know, yeah, the Nets don't have um, you know that 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 forty save a year guy at, at the back of the bullpen, but um, this isn't a game to freak out about that. This, this is a game, just course field anomaly, and, and play another one tomorrow, and then get the hell out of there. Unfortunately, two more with the game on Thursday well, yeah. as well. Then they can get the hell out of there and get back to D.C. with the Mets coming up this weekend. But Harper, a double. Turner, a double. Zimmerman, a double. Murphy, a triple. Turner, a triple. Turner, a home run for the Rockies. LeMayhew with a double. Arenado, Vallejo, Walters, Amarista, all doubles. Cargo, uh, Mark Reynolds, Charlie Blackman, Gerardo Parra, as you mentioned, all home runs in the game. Uh, what do you see from Joe Ross out there? Uh, Chelsea James of the Washington Post tweeting just now that neither Dusty or Ross seems particularly concerned about his velocity dipping towards the end there. So the conditions were bad. The slider didn't move like Ross is used to. It's also freezing cold out there, 40 degrees. You're asking these guys to go out and play in the rain in 40 degrees. You have everyone with the masks on and the, the hoods over their heads in the park. Uh, hard to judge Joe Ross by anything he did out there tonight, but didn't look particularly sharp and got hit pretty hard, but as we're saying all along, it's just impossible to judge what the guys really had at this point. Yeah, I mean, you you, you can't. Uh, obviously, they wanted to try to get him through five to qualify for the win, didn't make it there. Um, you know, this is a guy that, that, honestly, I think the Nats have mishandled this year. I think he should have uh, – I know they had a couple of off days early, and, and they didn't need a fifth starter until the second week of the season, but – um, you know, they sent him to Syracuse where, where you know, they had as many snow outs and, and, and rain outs as they did um, anywhere else in the country this spring. And, and he just he hasn't pitched enough. He hasn't pitched, um, you know, long enough, deep enough. He hasn't got enough innings. And, and now, you know, to, to make his, you know, third start, I guess, of the season in, in Colorado, it's just, it's just not fair to the guy. So you can't judge him. Um, by what happened here. He's a guy that relies on, on his slider, and, and like we said earlier, the ball just doesn't break the same in Colorado as it does anywhere else. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate that he couldn't stick around long enough to earn the win, but, um, you know, again, it's just it's hard to get anybody out of that field, and obviously tonight with uh, with everybody having success, um, you know, it, it just it was playing even more of a launching pad than normal tonight. I know the Nationals are trying to extend him. They talked about sending him down so they can manage him in the minors and get him through the whole season after he struggled to do that in his first couple of years up in the majors. But it doesn't seem to have done him any good, basically, to be sitting around in AAA and waiting to make a start here up in the majors. But just uh, I don't even know what to make of this game at this point. Really just ridiculous baseball out there. In spite of that fact, you have to be impressed with what you see from Trey Turner. Uh, the ball flies further, sure, but he no doubter on that home run. Uh, four for six on the night, four runs scored, seven RBIs. 
I slumped a little at the start of the season. I'm sure it helps everyone to be in Colorado to get your swing back and uh, lining up the balls. It doesn't help for pitchers like Joe Ross who have two pitches basically and you can't throw your slider. That doesn't leave much guesswork on the part of the Rockies hitters to figure out what he's going to do. But uh, what do you see from Trey Turner so far this season? And they keep on talking about him as an MVP caliber player. Uh, Dusty Baker is quoted as saying that he could be a Ricky Henderson game-changing type. Uh, you don't want to compare anyone to players like Ricky Henderson because that doesn't do any good for anyone, but continues to impress with what he's been able to do here and puts his name in the record books for the Nationals tonight. Yeah, um, you know, he, he's hit in every game in every game back of the first game, I guess he walked, but, uh, um, but since then he's hit in every game back and uh, you know, this is a guy that, you know, and we talked about it last season, um, for a for a uh, slightly built guy, I mean, he's not a big muscular guy, but he gets tremendous backspin on the ball. So the ball really moves off his bat. Um, you know, it's, it, you know sometimes it's, a, it's an unteachable thing. And, and this is a guy that, that has that rare uh, rare pop and, and, and speed combo. And, uh, look, R- Ricky Henderson is a singular talent in, 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 the, in the history of this game, and uh, to uh, compare anybody to him is unfair. But um, but for a guy that has 15 to 20 homer pop, legitimate 15 to 20 homer pop and, and 30 to 40 steal uh, speed, that, that's a rarity in this in, in this game these days. And um, and we're seeing that, that he's got the – the range in the arm to, to stick at shortstop, which, which frankly I always thought that he did. Um, he's he's a he's a terrific player, terrific young player. Um, obviously, second in the National League in uh, in Rookie of the Year balloting last year. Uh, I certainly think that that that, that he is a game changing player. And once he gets uh, back in a groove, if this hasn't done it for him, once he gets fully back in a groove, uh, you know, Nats fans are really going to enjoy watching this guy, watching this guy play nine inning, innings a night and getting four or five at bats every night for the Nats. And not judging Joe Blanton on what we saw out there tonight, because obviously he's a slider heavy guy trying to throw that in the mile high air up there. But last two seasons, two eight four ERA, two nine two FIP, two four eight three point three three. Uh, as I mentioned, it's up to 10.170 ERA, 8.79 FIP after tonight. Uh, it looked like a, a KG signing by the Nationals, adding him to the bullpen, giving them a little depth so far. Uh, yeah, going into tonight, 300 average on that slider, 375 average for opposing hitters on the fastball. The velocity is a little down on the slider. Uh, fastball, I'm just looking uh, just about where he's throwing it. Uh, Previously, maybe even a tick up according to Fangraphs uh, pitch effects data, but uh, the success hasn't been there this year. Is it's just a, a veteran uh, getting off to a slow start here? I don't know how much you've actually seen of him, or do you think this is a veteran kind of hitting a wall late in his career after starting for the majority of his career, having some success as a reliever in the last few years? Yeah, well, he really hasn't reinvented himself, and 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 he's always been a. Um... Uh, a guy that, that, that that's more willing to, to take the ball and 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 stick it out and uh, give, give, he was an innings eater, right? So that's what they they call a guy that pitches to a uh, to a four plus ERA. But um, the last couple of years out of the pen, you mentioned he's been terrific. And um, you know, while he is 36 now, uh, it, it's hard to imagine him falling off a cliff that quickly. So uh, I'm willing to continue to, to to give him the benefit of the doubt for a little while, but. Um, you know, I think eventually they're going to have to add an arm out to the pen, somebody that, that's got uh, 
um, a little bit more strikeout stuff. Obviously, Kelly at the at the back end right now, and um, and, and Glover uh, probably too. But but Blake Trinan has turned into a ground ball guy. He, he doesn't strike out, doesn't even strike out nine per nine innings anymore. Um, and I don't know if that's by design. You know, we talked about it last night, whether that's by design or or, or not. Uh, Blanton's not that type of guy. Uh, Oliver Perez isn't that type of guy. Um, so I really think they'd probably want to go out and, and try to find a, a strikeout guy to add to this pen. But um, and to, to worry too much about Joe Blanton after tonight, um, I, I think it's kind of folly. But, uh, but again, he, he's going to have to turn his season around pretty quickly here or the Nats are going to be forced into doing something. If you are the Nationals, then this bullpen is obviously a glaring issue early. The offense is there. The starting pitching is there. They had their streak of uh, whatever you want to think of quality starts as a as a metric or a measurement. They, they had a streak of 12 straight quality starts, which is just impressive on its own. Ended tonight when Ross couldn't make it to the six. But uh, if you're Mike Rizzo, are, are you looking to add depth to the bullpen? Do you need to go out there and get a bona fide closer from someone who's uh, – you know, falling out of contention and has one of those big arms at the back of the bullpen. Are you willing to give up Robles in the trade, which they haven't been willing to so far, even though he was rumored as, as included in some of the deals that didn't happen this winter. Uh, do you panic early here if you're Mike Rizzo and go out and get someone now to make sure you can solidify things in the bullpen? Do you wait it out and hope someone steps up and kind of separate some stuff from the pack and claims that closer role and, wait and see what happens at the deadline in July, or how do you approach this if you're a GM? Well, A, uh, we've seen enough from Mike Rizzo to know that he's not a panic guy, so I don't think we're going to see that happen. Um, and to be completely honest with you, as far as the closer role goes, I think Sean Kelly is perfectly capable. I know that they are uh, reluctant to pitch him three days in a row with his injury histories, and um, and that's a fair point, but honestly – how many days? How many times a season do you have three days in a row where you've got a safe opportunity? Um, we saw Cody Glover uh, step up and, and earn a couple of saves here um, last week, so I don't think that's necessarily the problem. But uh, I, I definitely think they probably need to add an arm. Um, as far as as uh, the Victor Robles thing goes, absolutely not. I, there's no way that, that he should be traded for 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 a bullpen piece. Uh, you know, even. Even the, the types of, of you know, Aroldis Chapman and that type of thing, uh, I think I think Victor Robles is, is is going to be a unique talent. Um, obviously, um, Rizzo hasn't traded him yet. He's been tempted, I suppose, and, and obviously every time somebody talks to the Nets, that's probably the first name that comes up. But um, this guy is going to be – is one of the top prospects in baseball. Um, I think at the, at the end of this season he will probably be one of the top three um, when all those uh, off-season lists come around um, after the season, and I just I would not trade him for 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 almost anything. If somebody came to me with with Mike Trout or or Nolan Arenado or or, or a couple of other names, then then I would certainly think about it. But uh, um, this is a guy that I think the Nats are going to try to hold on to, regardless of what else happens. Yes, we definitely had that discussion this winter. Are you going to trade a potential future McCutcheon for an old McCutcheon and? didn't like the idea of them doing that at that point. And hopefully they don't do that at, at some point and get desperate for a reliever. And, you know, other teams are going to be asking for him if they're going for a high-end arm. But hopefully Rizzo sticks to his guns and hands off my Fetty, too, is all I'm adding to that part of the conversation. But 15-12 tonight in Colorado, as we said, three hours and 
26 minutes of baseball, and they're going to go back at it tomorrow. 8:40 start again. Nationals 14 and six on the year after the win. Tanner Roark versus Tyler Chatwood tomorrow night. Late for us East Coasters, but uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit quicker than this one. Thanks for joining me again here, late Dave. Matt's nightly sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Signing off for another night. So I guess it's going to happen.